0: Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, the only feminist scrapbooking show on the planet, where we discuss the amazing ways that people are documenting their lives today. I'm your host, Kristen Tweedale, aka Are You Kristen Feminist Scrapbooker. This is the season of Habit, brought to you by the Awesome Ladies Project Community. Download our free app at theawesomeladiesproject.com/app. Hey, and welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast. Today, we have Brandy Kincaid on the show, again, because she is one of my most favorite people in the whole world to talk to. Brandy, for those of the listeners who have not heard any of our previous conversations, why don't you let them know a tiny
1: bit about you? Yeah, so I live in Bellingham, Washington, which is north of Seattle. I'm right at the corner of the United States with my husband and my tiny dog, Augie Rue. And I have for the last number of years been kind of a freelance illustrator, but now I run, um, which is essentially a subscription business for Hope. <laughs> it's very hard to put into words. So I'm just, that's what I'm going to say it is right now. But I am an avid reader and writer and big time overthinker. So I'm always glad to chat a little bit with someone else who loves some of the same things.
0: Yes. Yes to all of that. I'm so excited for a conversation today. And I'm glad that you already brought up Extravagant Hope because it's going to come up multiple times in our conversation today. Because for the last three episodes of the podcast, we've been talking all about Daily Pages. And your Extravagant Hope subscription is loved by so many of our members. and we have tiny little things that we'll just reference now that are extravagant hope inside jokes, or we'll have things called brandy day, or anytime anyone's feeling like they don't know what to do or is having a little bit of a a down day. It's like, oh, well, let's pull out our brandy envelope and use that as something to get started. Or use that as a way to spark some inspiration. So let's
1: start out the conversation with
0: who or what has been inspiring you lately. Yeah.
1: Um, so we are just coming off National Poetry Month. But I want to say every month is National Poetry Month for me, probably every day, every minute. So it's not necessarily like that changes, but. Um, There's just more out and about, and I tend to pull some of my favorites off the shelf and pick up new volumes, and so I've been in the thick of poetry lately, especially Ada Limon. Um, She has a new volume coming out, um, and you would think it was like a series of books where I have to go back and read her older stuff, so I am ready for what's coming, even though that's not really how poetry works, but I've been in the thick of lines lately, Um, the world feels very big and very hard to hold. And I mean that in a very like messy way. Like if you're trying to wrangle a dust cloud and I think it feels heavier when I'm trying to hold the whole thing at once, which is the same for a poem. If I'm trying to have it all make sense at one time, it's just, it can be too much. And so taking it one line at a time is such a gift. And that's what I've been doing this month is turning to poetry to give me a line here or there just to kind of tether me back to the world. Um, so poetry. Also, uh, human beings. This These last few months have been um, some of the first in a couple of years, like most of us, where I've been around other humans more. And I do a lot in my community and just some different volunteer projects. And some of my um, friends in town have had things going on or needed help with things. And so I've been more available in my physical body. And that is so strange and also such a gift. It's not something I'm generally always comfortable with. Um, I'm better on paper. I'm good behind the screen. I don't like a lot of attention in person and I am definitely an introvert when it comes to timing out on interaction and so it pushes a part of me and is less comfortable but that discomfort has been such a window to kind of pay attention to how I can be more present to myself and to other people and I think it's been really inspiring I've been listening to conversations again which is just a really sweet way of saying I've been eavesdropping. And um, I find it really incredible to see how people are tiptoeing back out into their lives and realizing that their lives are very different and finding new ways to be in them. So getting to observe that has been really wonderful. Uh, And it's free, (laughs) it's inspiration that is free.
0: So I love this idea of inspiration from just right humans learning to interact with other humans again. Mm -hmm. Some of us are doing it better than
1: others. (laughs) That's true. Um, That's true. It is hard. It is, I say this all the time, and I feel like a broken record, but it is hard to be human. I say it all the time, maybe because I want us to remember this. One, when we are so hard on ourselves and two, when we are so hard on each other. Um, And I'm not just talking about in the really big ways, the like big binary debates that we're always throwing back and forth. I mean, sometimes it's just hard to decide what you're going to do in the day and if you can do it. Um, And so if you're already juggling that, And then you're trying to figure out how to interact with another human who's juggling their own little things. It's not easy. Um, It's not easy. It's something we really have to do tenderly. And it's hard to be tender with ourselves as much as it is hard to be human. And so it takes a slowing down and a paying attention (laughs) two things that we feel like we did too much of in the last couple of years. And also now we have to do them more in a new way. You know, like no one has patience anymore. I think for the slowing down and paying attention, like we've done that, we, we looked inside and we are ready to move forward. And there's no way to move forward without those things. And so being really tender with ourselves and knowing like this is not going to be an easy task and doing it anyways that's that takes a lot people are holding a lot and they're going to do it on their own time
0: yeah there's just a lot right now because everything is new again Mm -hmm. and you can't just go back to doing everything and also learn how to do it again without being just really kind to yourself because you're you're gonna screw up a lot when we learn new things i'm the type of person who every time i play a new video game i have to learn the controls one by one Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so like jumping I have to learn how to jump before i can learn how to like double jump or jump and like catch or some people are just magical and once they learn all the video game controls for one thing it's very easy to just learn all the video game controls for another thing mm-hmm. i have to learn you know if you move left or if you if you touch the left thing it does this. And if you touch the right thing, it does this. Not every single thing all at once. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And we're trying to learn every single thing all at once again instead Mm of reminding ourselves that like, it's okay to give ourselves a little extra help on jumping one day. Once we're really good at jumping again, you know, then we can work on catching or sliding or whatever it is
1: mm-hmm.
0: because so many things have changed and are even still in the process of changing. Yeah. And it's not easy to learn things when they just keep changing.
1: Yeah,
0: I am, I get, very. <laughs> I, I get, I get very frustrated when I'm trying to learn something and then the rules keep changing. I feel like it, it winds up feeling a lot like a personal failure, even though like logically I know it's not, yeah. but at the same time, like my, my brain is like, why am I putting in the personal effort if these things that are out of my control keep shifting but at the same time you know the effort has to be put in things have to you know certain things have to be done certain things have to move in a forward direction
1: mm-hmm.
0: no matter how much the ground is shifting underneath us yeah and sometimes you're just gonna fall on your ass <laughs> and i guess that's why it's padded yeah yeah and it's just rough. And it it's it's not that fun. But this is where we make things. Yeah. Yeah. So so what have you been making lately?
1: Oh goodness. So um on one hand, I will say that a lot of my making is really guided towards my work right now, which I think at other points in my life I would have said with a tinge of like remorse or as if I had failed some like creative you know guide of like well you always should be doing something outside of your work and um, but I have this moment this season in my life where my work is also an extension very deeply of how i am in the world so like all of the things that i'm listening to and paying attention to and reading all that inspiration directly gets funneled into extravagant hope um not to say i do these things so i can pillage my life but i'm working on a project that really allows for the whole of me to show up to it every single time i work on it so a lot of my making is in that um I am also doing a ton of writing right now, like long form journaling and writing. And I forgot, maybe I didn't forget, maybe I just discredited for a while how creative it is to put words on paper um, and to keep showing up and doing it every day. So in a season where it's harder for me to take out all of my bits and pieces from my art journals or for something that feels more obviously outwardly creative, you know, is like messy with paint and tape and glue and stuff. Um, to be able to pull out a page and to write into what I'm thinking about or wrestling with or whatever has opened up the doors for so much other types of creating. And it's not again, I don't think it's something I. It's not like I didn't know that. I just really didn't give it the time because it's so easy to give everything else the time, right? The other stuff is prettier. Um, The photos and the drawings and the paint and whatever. um, There's more immediate satisfaction sometimes. So giving it that time has been really great. Um, And then I've just been doing a lot of like loose, sketching of things, which, again, my loose sketching right now has been turning into things that I share with other people. So I feel like I'm in this one little window where more of what I've created ends up becoming something, but becomes something that's very dear to me and that I love. So I don't have a lot of regret over that, that choice. With your Extravagant
0: Hope subscription... Mm -hmm. You come up with some incredibly creative things. Just one month you did a book fair newsletter. Mm -hmm. One month you had Seeds of Hope in a little glassine bag. How long do ideas like that take to come to fruition? And what's the process?
1: Okay, so this is kind of interesting because they come immediately and they come like fast. Like I, it's, it is the quickest thing that's ever come to me in all of my creative work. And I've been doing creative work for a long time now. Um, So these are the quickest things. Usually they come in a very different form at first. So, like for example, um, the seeds of hope—the little that kind of looks like a seed packet on one side—and on the back side has text, has words for me. Almost everything has words hidden somewhere. I don't care if I really wanted it just to be a picture of a flower. I'm tucking words in somewhere. Like look for them because they're hidden. Um, but. That started because I was in my neighborhood, talking to my friends or watching what people were sharing online and thinking about everyone preparing to plant. You are one of those people. You show a lot of your process right behind the scenes of what it takes to actually grow things, the planning, the thinking. um, and I kept holding on to how important that piece was. We get so focused on the result and the flowers or the carrots or the whatever will come. I wanna to say tomatoes, cause I'm talking to you. Um, we get so focused on that thing that we forget about all of those other pieces of the season that are so important and what kind of fosters that. So that's what I was thinking of. I was watching people live their lives and do these things. And I was like, I need a physical manifestation of that. And so that's what came. Or like one month recently, I had um, a two-piece set where you could cut out all of these little pieces and build like a little scene, um, a little like comfy chair on a rug with, you know, books and stuff. And that started, I mean, initially I was on vacation and I was in this really cozy setting and I was like, oh, I wish I could send this in the mailer." just a spot where people could have some respite and like at the same time I saw something for an old uh, vintage Paddington Bear set and I love Paddington Bear I love the original videos where it was Paddington was the only like three-dimensional moving thing and all of the other scenes and backdrops were all paper and it's something that I did for myself once I made all of these little scenes and took photos and so it was like boom 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 the need was I wish I could in this tiny envelope where the strictures around it have to be so tight every month. Like what I have to think about in order to make it work. How do I get this feeling of ease and comfort into that? And then the inspiration piece of, wouldn't it be fun if I offered you a way to do it with your hands, to create something, to just have fun for a minute. And also to make it for those who don't want to do that, because I think probably way too much about different we all are how can this also be a beautiful thing to keep and have if you never want to cut it apart and build a little seat? and you know so in a way those things come very quickly the time it takes is usually just making sure i can actually physically make the thing so like can i make sure it's the right size to fit in the envelope everything has to be within a certain size my large envelope to be able to ship internationally the way I do I have to be so thoughtful so thoughtful Um, so the weight matters like right now um my printer printed something in a slightly heavier stock for me which is would normally be said what is what a lovely thing to do a nicer paper but that ounce matters when I'm sending something to someone in Germany or so I think about that it has to be the right size and um, I technically do have a budget every month I am not always good about sticking to it because I get a little more focused on what I'm tucking in but no one's giving me a business lady of the year award so that's fine (laughs) but I just think about the logistics you know who can actually if I can design this who can print it who can cut it who can do all those things so that's what takes a little more of the time but to be fair I don't have a lot of time I have to do this every month or I get to do this every month to be honest um I get to think of a whole mailer's worth of what I really want to offer someone every month so there's not the luxury of like I can putter with this for like six weeks and kind of I really need to hone in on What is it I most want to offer someone um, in sentiment and in a physical form? And then how am I going to get that done? And it's amazing when you're really, when you know that you've figured out something you really want to give to someone else, there's very little that can get in your way. I mean, I've figured out ways around most things, Um, not everything, but there's time for that. I'll, I'll figure the other stuff out. Is the logistics the most challenging part? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and sometimes the logistics is the hardest logistic is me, my physical body, that there's only so much I can do. Um, and I've had to learn that the hard way. I've definitely some months just pushed myself right up to the wall, to the brink of something and had to learn like, okay, that's it. I will do it again. There will, some, there will be something that will feel worth that transaction of bodily time. But those are all logistics of, those are the little roadblocks that kind of they get in the way. What was the hardest
0: piece that you've ever had to put together? And what was the most rewarding piece that you've ever had to put together?
1: Okay, hands down, same thing. I feel like you're gonna know you're gonna know what I'm gonna say. Um, one month last spring, I did this little stack of letters. It was these little cards that looked like an envelope on one side and the back side had a quotation that I curated. and the letters were addressed to like for when you're weary or I think it was like when you're whatever the themes were. And I wanted it to feel like if you had, you found this old bundle of like physical letters, mail. So I tied those little stack of three cards up with a little red string. So there's a little bow like crisscrossed on it. Those are like business card size for people who are listening. The size was like a business card. This is a very small little card. So the string was very small and I like a package, like tied them up. And at the time, I mean, it was early on, but there was still, it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these little, and it was just me, like, tying all of these little tiny bows. Um, and so, like, at this, when I thought of the idea, I was like, yes, this is it. And it started to come to fruition. And I was like, absolutely. And about halfway through tying those bows, I was like, I hate you so much. Like, looking at myself, like, why would you do this? And then I got to send them out. And I was like, this is exactly what I needed to send so easily hardest and best because sometimes you just know what you need to get out there Uh, and I have to trust that it will meet the person who needs it most
0: I usually keep those in the top drawer of my desk still tied so that anytime I like just one so that when I need them they're there And two, anytime I open my desk drawer and I'm fumbling around and it's like, ah, yes. I have these.
1: There is something, and that is something that this offering has allowed me to do is I'm not beholden to anyone else except for the people who are receiving it really, but I do what feels most true every single month. I really pay very close attention to where we are. I listen to what people are saying, uh, whether it's in the note they write me in their order or just what I hear them saying, you know, in life or through social media, wherever it is, I pay attention a lot. And I get to put that in some form into this little envelope. So it feels worth it. I don't think I'll be tying up little bundles of letters anytime soon or ever. Again, that was... Whew, that was special. Um, but I'm so glad I did.
0: Yeah, so I totally glad. get that. I, I 100% understand that. And as someone who has gotten every Extravagant Hope package, um, I now have a, I have a brandy binder. Because <laughs> I've been trying to figure out, like what is the best way to organize my, my stuff? Because there's such a there's such a delightful variety of things. Mm. And then there's also every month you get some of the same style of products. Yeah. And one of the things that you get is a little cassette tape with soundtrack, uh, mm-hmm. a little, you know, um, a piece of paper that looks like a cassette tape because oh, obviously the the in, yeah. yes the little internet the, yes the internet the international shipping on a cassette tape would really not be great <laughs> um, but
1: wouldn't that be amazing oh, oh. yes no oh, the limits of shipping
0: uh, yeah I couldn't find my um number seven for like weeks and I was like I don't know where it is and finally I I had gone through like All of the paper in my studio because I'm clearing out my studio and reorganizing things, and I found my number seven. And I was like, "Thank God,
1: my collection is complete."
0: I I I would not have. I I was thinking, you know, if I if I clean everything and I can't find it, I will email you. But I clean. I I I set myself the boundary of having to clean all of my things before I stoop (laughs) so low as to ask you.
1: But see, that's the thing, you're hitting something there that for me is at the crux of this project, that idea that there are things that feel and that are continuous, that carry over. Yes. And I want it to be like that because one, sometimes it's nice. That's the thing about, this is the thing about a good friend, someone that sees you and values you is that there's consistency and there's comfort and there are things that you know will be there when you meet them. But they are also not afraid to nudge you and to challenge you a little and to ask you good questions. Um, And that's kind of what I want this meal to be because, honestly, and this is probably why I have such a hard time when someone says, you know, what do you do for a living? Well, what is, what does that even mean? It's that at the core of it, I know they're asking me, what is the physical product like? Like, what is, this good that you're offering and what I really want to tell them is I spend so much time on that physical like I really try to make sure it's all well and thoughtfully made and I'm very you know very in tune with the product itself but for me what I'm most concerned with every single time is how can I show up for someone in this very small way that helps them to know that a they are not alone Two, that they are very loved and that it doesn't take us knowing each other or having gone out and like had coffee together for those you know things to be true. Um, and that three, there are words for what feels heavy or unholdable for them. Like, here's this thing I can give you. I want you to feel seen. I want you to feel loved. And I wanna give you words for what you feel like you can't name. Because that I think is an act of hope, is figuring out how to put language around all of what we're juggling all the time so that we can move forward, so that we can keep going. And so, yes, I also, I just, I mean, honestly, I really love stickers too. So, of course, like I put stickers in there, or some of these things are for me, I think, like in my planner. I've been wanting to see these kinds of words because I've been really overwhelmed. So I make a card for me and then I'm like, actually this might work for someone else. Or I watch daily pages and I see what someone is looking for, trying to pull from, or the kinds of things they're wanting to use, or how can I make this card in a way where like someone doing daily pages in a small book can use it. And then someone who wants to send it in the mail to their friend can use it. And then someone who wants to frame it and put it on their wall can use it. Um, how can it be less about just this physical thing and more about what that can help you to do or to feel or to name or whatever? I just want these to be like little tools. Um, So having a little bit of both, like having something kind of new and exciting and also a tried and true um, feels really good to me. And it helps me to be true to myself. You know, I recommend books every month. Uh, I know not everyone reads them. Um, For some people, that's their favorite piece. They get the books, they read them, they love them. That's their go-to. For others, it's the music. Um, Everybody has something that's their first tug. And I love that because it means I'm not trying to attend any one person. I'm not saying, this is what Pinterest has told me is the coolest and best thing. I just used the word coolest, <laughs> which is very like, that tells you that it's not cool. Um, is the thing that's like trending or I'm not worried. About, I'm not thinking of those things. I'm really trying to offer something that we can all get a piece we need. And if it's not a piece we need, then we give it to someone who that's what they need. Um, so yeah, giving that right in there. That really matters a lot. So yeah, I don't think about these at all. I'm definitely not, you know, overthinking this tiny envelope of stuff every month. I think it's so
0: evident that you put so much thought into every single piece that even just some rando who picks up the envelope would be able to tell.
1: I'm some so, so.
0: like some dude bro who picks up the envelope would be able to be like oh okay this is this is somebody who really cares about this
1: <laughs> um you know I put them in the little free libraries so like in our neighborhoods, so the neighborhood's close um as and I have to write on the envelope like this is for you you can take this this is yours if you find it um and I always wonder who gets it and what they think of it um honestly, the people that I get to send it to each month are all very different. I mean, I feel like it's this huge family because I, a lot of people I've been sending for a year, almost a year and a half. And so it's very important to me. Like, I feel like I know these people, like I've been with people through births and deaths and new jobs and broken relationships and, trying to figure out a new path for their mental health. Like I've gotten to observe and be beside people through so much that it's like, the fact that it's such a, a diverse group of people who are getting them, that feels like the gift of it. I have one person locally um, who I drop it off in her mailbox um, every month. And she asked me a couple months ago if I could include a second letter because her husband keeps taking hers. And I thought she was just trying to be really sweet to me because I mean, I thought she was trying to make me feel good. And I was like, of course you can have a second letter. And she was like, well, I mark mine up and it drives him crazy because he can't read it. So he takes it before I mark it up and then I have to go and find it or I don't get it back. And so I put the second letter and I have no idea how this I don't know what in that letter is causing this 68-year-old man to take it and say, "I really need to read this every month." Like, who knows? I, I could tell you a million reasons why. I could assume it doesn't make sense to me, and I, you know, would judge like, "Oh, how are you sure you want to read my letter?" But I think that's what we do when we show up in way in places, whatever it is, work or I don't know, in our neighborhoods. Um, in ways that feel really true to us, where we're not trying to fit anyone else's expectation, I think that's when we make little connections that, that we didn't even know we could make. That's when it's less hard to be a human, is when we just show up as we are, give what we can, and let it land where it lands, instead of trying to control exactly it will land and who it will land for and what it will mean um and that right now is what this project is 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 giving me or is helping me see uh which is good because when you run and you know this when you run a creative business it is hard not to get tangled up in the like well i should be or you know everything says to or this is the right way because someone has created like a five point seminar and like if you just do these things then this is what everyone wants and it's just not true I, no one wants the same thing well um it, and you make real poop stuff when you do that <laughs> and you well, don't I, make true connections i think the thing is
0: right like for us for brandy kincaid and are you and feminist scrapbooker who the hell is going to give us business advice that's cookie cutter yeah. Like, Can you imagine I mean, how
1: frustrated they'd be though?
0: <laughs> oh. if, if like regular business people, which are which is you know, dude, bros, Wall Street people, even you know, I'm just gonna say, you know, regular white business coaching ladies. It's gonna take us multiple hours to even explain the concepts of what it is that we provide to people. The looks that I get when I say, I have a feminist scrapbooking business. What the is that? (laughs) Yeah. And like, you're literally providing hope in an
1: envelope. Yeah. Don't you think, see, and maybe this comes back to it when I was thinking about what we would talk about today. Cause I was like, she's going to ask what I want to talk about. And you know, I was trying <laughs> to think like, what do I want to talk about? Cause I mean, usually it's like everything and I don't know. Um, Cause like I could talk forever about the snail in the front yard and what I think it symbolizes. So I have to like rein myself back in, but the word I just kept kind of coming back to, and I've written all over the place is expectation. Because I think that's ugh, This is the thing that I am always wrestling with and will continue to wrestle with. I don't mean to say nothing I'm about to say negates that expectation, other people's expectations of you, your expectations of yourself. That's where it gets muddy. Like, I think that's where things are getting messy, not just in business. I mean, I'm kind of dovetailing off what you're saying about how it would be hard to pigeonhole what we do into any kind of neat categories to be able to provide some really tidy plan. Um, But it also really sets the tone for how we interact with each other at all. I mean, our expectations for how something should be and our unwillingness at times to hold or to handle the reality and not, you know, what we were kind of hoping for, that's I think the most dangerous part because that is sometimes when we either stop what we're doing because we think we can't do it. Like when you were saying earlier about things changing constantly and then you're not doing it well, it's not working and you just wanna be like, why am I putting all of this energy into this thing? Like there's the expectations that you should be able to figure out what has changed to start doing it well, to be able to run, jump, whatever, in a game all in one minute. Um, but whose expectations are those? Like, this is what I just keep coming back to when I get all mired and like, well, I should, or, you know, this, sh- this is the thing and this is where I should be or what I should be doing. But who's, who said so? Like, what is my expectation of myself? And that's why I say we're extravagant. Hope, that it's more about, like, I want people to feel seen and, you know, I want them to feel known when they open up the mailer and see something and it's like, oh, that's what I needed. That's my expectation. It's not one that makes sense on paper. And it's not always one that would be clear when I'm trying to explain to someone what this offering is. But when I hold true to that expectation that I want to give people that moment or that feeling, um, that's that's a better way of being in the world. And so it's not that we don't have expectations anymore. We just keep asking the question, his expectation is that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. So throughout the year, I've been doing some some group coaching for our book of me class. And at the beginning of the year, I had everybody set expectations. What do you want to achieve over the year? And almost everybody said about the same thing. They'd like to get, you know, at the end of the year, they would be satisfied and view this as a successful project. If they did about 50% of the prompts. Yeah. And now, almost everybody a little bit three months in feels like they're behind if they haven't done all the prompts. Yeah. So I have to keep reminding everybody, Hey, you all said you only wanted to do about half the prompts. And then everybody's like, Oh yeah, because we all have, you know, those other people's expectations of doing all the things just because it's on the list. Mm Instead of those homegrown expectations of, okay, here's where I am now. Here's where I want to be at the end of the year. What is a reasonable thing for me to accomplish? And now let me do that. But when you're caught up with the whole thing, your, your brain is like, oh
1: no, must do all the things. Yeah. It's hard to see it. It's, it's hard to see that like, but it's also, I, I hear people say a lot too, you know, it's okay to change our expectations, like shift them. you know, you can recalculate. And I love that. Almost absolutely. my word one year was recalculating, um, which was such a cumbersome, like I picked the most cumbersome words to carry with me. I just want to, I'm going to hold and own that. Um, and I love that. But I have started thinking lightly. what if it's not so much that your expectation is changing? it's that you didn't really know when you started what the expectations could or should be. So you're living your way into them. They're not yes. changing. They're just growing into themselves like little toddlers that are becoming like, you know, gangly preteens. And then like, they're just growing up. It's not negating where you started. It's just like, if someone said, I would be happy with doing 50% out of the prompts and they get to this point and they're feeling they're feeling disgruntled in some way with themselves. Like maybe it's whatever it is. It's not that they have to change that expectation. They're just figuring out that really what would make me feel more fulfilled is if I, you know, did them in this way or in this timeline or talked about them more with people or it's kind of just the, the letting it come to fruition a little bit more and letting it develop
0: I think that recalculating is so important because also so much of the time when we set goals at the beginning and we set ideas at the beginning, we don't have all of the information. Yeah.
1: And we're not the same people. I mean, if we think, like, if there's any way I could tell you that I'm the same person now that I was two months ago, it's just absolutely not true. You know, I mean... Every single day that we live our life, we live into some newness, whatever it is. We know something more, we let go of something. Like something happens. And so of of course it's gonna look different. Yeah, and, and recalculating
0: can look different for everyone. For some people, recalculating can just be a simple body check. Like, does this still feel good for me? And if it still feels good, then cool. Awesome. Yeah. It can be a, you know, maybe you have a list of journaling questions that you like. That's a great way to check in and recalculate. Like, what are you feeling? What's going right? What are your... You know frustration points, and and decide if you need to make some changes. And everyone's going to need to check in at different intervals. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, the more that you have a good internal, you know, regular check in with yourself, like if you do daily journaling, if you do a weekly reflection, then these big. You know, oh man, I should be doing this project a totally different way. That's not going to jump out at you nearly as much,
1: right? Right. But I think that's the key piece: is one, you know yourself better, more better, mm-hmm. uh, more fully, and then the next step to that is being able to hold true to that that you that you are discovering and yeah. allowing to change these expectations. Because once we make a change, once we, or let our expectations recalculate or evolve into something new, the next step is then not letting anyone else's expectations push them back, which is what happens in communities. And I don't mean that in a bad way because we do it inadvertently. We say, um, oh gosh, I loved it when you used to um, work in binders and now you're only doing these little notebooks and I work in binders, I miss seeing you work in binders and I really wish you would still do that. That's me putting an expectation on you. And so that takes a lot from you to have to be like, I hear you. I love that you love that. And that's not where I am right now. My expectation for myself, myself still holds. And it's, I want to work in this way. It's the most true way for me. I love it. That might change, but like, this is what I'm doing. Holding our own expectations for ourselves and not letting them (laughs) then be nudged by what's around us, by people who have great intentions and who are supporting us. That I think is the step that then kind of, because I still get it all the time. I'm not doing traditional scrapbooking like I used to. or and. I get some really lovely and well-meaning messages and comments, but it is something I have to kind of actively not be like, oh, you're right. I should just do that. You want to see that you'd rather have that. You liked it when I designed this kind of stuff or made this kind of thing that would make you happy. Um, That's an outward expectation when you're in the middle of changing your own expectations for yourself to be like, oh, you're showing me like a way (laughs) you're giving me a street. Uh, And being able to kind of pull it back and be like, okay, wait, what was that expectation I had for myself? What are the ways that it has evolved and how can I hold on to it now? Not to say you're not taking into consideration anyone else's thoughts and, you know, those are all great things to have around you. And you can't, I think, continue in a way that's whole and productive. Solely on someone else's expectations, no matter how bad you want to meet them.
0: Yeah, no, that's it's it's such a recipe for burnout. You could burn out in in an hour. Yeah, and you know, other people's opinions are can be great, and they can really help. You know, push your business and your art and the things that you need to do in, in directions that they need to go.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But other people only know what they're telling you, right? They don't know what you're thinking. They don't know your plans and they sure as hell don't know what the hundreds of other people are telling you.
1: Well, and they're just like you, right? They might not even know what they want themselves. That's why like at the same time I am living into figuring out what my expectation is for myself and how it can feel better and you know more whole and that's more rewarding and enriching someone else is doing the same thing so it's easier for them to say at first like I really wish you would make all of this one thing because they didn't even realize they might actually want the other thing correct that you can offer um, so we also put so much onus like everyone else has it figured out everyone else knows exactly what they want and we just need to you know tap into that and it is a comforting thought I am not negating the draw of how tempting it is to believe that everyone else has it figured out yeah. because it means we can have it figured out too, right? It's like watching a Hallmark movie. I'm still caught up on this because I spent my winter pretty much yelling at the Hallmark movies on the screen and continuing to watch them. Like I want to open <laughs> that piece. Kept watching them even though I'm hollering at them. But there's something comforting because no matter what goes on, no matter, you know, how deep in the hole the inn is and it's about to be foreclosed on and there's no hope in sight. She's only raised a hundred dollars of the 10 million needed. um, Suddenly something will come out of the word work, which will have paperwork that shows actually it's been in her name forever. It's totally paid off. Plus a little extra so she can buy a boat. Um, It's comforting no matter how silly that seems or how much we know that's not really possible it's always going to work out that way a little piece of it's like well if that can be imagined if someone can even make up that storyline then it can happen and so if we believe that someone else has it figured out and when they're telling us I really you know please do this or only do this thing or do it in this way it's so comforting to believe that they know because it means we could know too and it's just not that easy.
0: It is definitely not that easy.
1: I mean, it would, it would be like it have would a lot it more would be free great. time, but <laughs> it's just not. So we've got to pull it back into our own little kind of bubble of expectations and figure out what's happening in there, and let it change, let it shift. I should say shift because I think change is not really the word I mean. I like shift. All right. Let's finish this episode up with
0: currently. I'm going to ask you all of the questions on our currently list. Let me grab one so that I ask them in the right order. Brandy, what are you currently watching?
1: I'm currently watching. I just finished our flag means death. The show that's on Israel, which is so good. Um, it's so surprisingly tender. I just want to say for anyone who's like, oh, that looks like cross humor. Like, I'm not really into pirates or whatever. I'm, you know, there is so much tenderness in that show. It's also very funny, and but oof, I love sneaky tenderness. Like, give it to me any day. Like, you know, yeah.
0: That's delightful. What are you reading? Oh, goodness.
1: So I am rereading reading Ada Limon's *Bright Dead Things*, which is actually such a beautiful book of poetry. Don't be put off by the name just because it says *Bright Dead Things*. And I've just started—I um, think it's the fourth or the fifth Louise Penny book, the mystery series. Uh, my friend Elisa and I, like every other book we read, we read a book together. Um, so it's our little long-distance book club, and we've been reading through that series on and off. Um, so I just started that. I love That's a good fun. mystery.
0: I love reading books with friends.
1: What are you currently listening to? I've been listening to, okay, what is her name? I'm going to pronounce it probably poorly. Joy Odaoken. She's been on, I think a couple extravagant hope playlists. Um I love her sound. I love what she's doing. I just saw that she's going to be on the late show soon so now she's going to be cool and everyone's going to know her you know which is fantastic and you know do you get like that about things sometimes where it's like this person that you followed for but I think she's incredible her sound is really unique and thoughtful and I love what she's doing I completely understand Feel like I'm that do. curmudgeon. He's like, oh, the song's always played on the radio now, and I don't want like now that it's cool, you know. Uh, which is not true. I want all the success for the people. Ex- exactly, I love what they make. Mm-hmm. And I just also am like, oh, okay.
0: Yes, my favorite band just had a commercial. Uh, has has one of their big songs in a Microsoft commercial. So,
1: uh yeah, you know those feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: But they did just release uh, that same song in a seven minute acoustic slash. what we call gospel version, which is they just all built out they, they yeah. bring in all their friends and built out all the, the lyrics.
1: Yeah.
0: so, so that's feel... like
1: a gift to, to you and true fandom. You know? it's tr- it's
0: true. it's it's
1: and a, a gift it is. Um, what are you currently making? I, oh, well, I'm about to send out a mailer. So I'm currently making envelope after envelope after envelope after envelope of extravagant help. I am so excited to get one. What are you currently feeling? Oh, I am feeling, oh my gosh. I was just, the first word that came to my mind was hopeful and that feels so cliche considering it's like my <laughs> life and business. Um, but my kind of hope, is kind of stubborn and inconvenient and not cute, really at all. Sometimes, um, and so I am feeling hopeful. The world is really hard, especially this week. The news cycle is just devastating. Um, but I feel hopeful when I know people are still feeling and reacting to things,
0: mm-hmm. even
1: if it's painful. I find a lot of openness in the in the refusal to give up or to just tap into despair. So I feel hopeful. I completely get that. What are you currently planning? So I um, have taken a lot of projects off my plate so that I can do Extravagant Hope and still have a life because I've heard they're fun. People have them. (laughs) But I do have a couple projects that I've said yes to and I'm working on for later this year and next year so that's what I'm working towards is getting those pieces together so that um they can come into fruition and I'm not crazy at the last minute trying to get it done
0: very cool
1: and finally what are you currently loving oh my gosh I love so much I mean I really do so I want to talk about this in a very concrete way I am loving uh, Shirley Temples, I've been drinking a lot of Shirley Temples again, which was my favorite childhood drink of choice, like when we went to like the Red Lobster, um, and I have brought those back as an adult. I do use like a fancy maraschino kind of cherry, and it's a little bit schmancier um, in some ways, but not in most of them, so Shirley Temples, um, and I collect these little stuffed and so much. I collect these stuffed animal things that they made in like the fifties. Um, they were called like dream pets and they're harder to find now in good condition, but I had one that I really wanted this little tiger with like a little flight hat on, like the little flight goggles. And I finally found him and he came to live with me. He doesn't have a name yet, but he will soon. Everything in my life has a name. So yeah. Um, I'll name him and I'm just loving him. I see him when I pass by on the shelf. He sits with, uh, I think he sits with the Alice in Wonderland books, but he's just such a happy little guy. So Shirley temples and stuffed animals. Essentially what I'm telling you is eight year old me is alive and well.
0: That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, Brandy, this has been absolutely wonderful. the people where they can find you
1: yeah so you can find me Uh, my website is brandy my instagram is brandy underscore kincaid pretty sure i always second guess that um secretly a marketing guru and i also have a newsletter that i send out about once a month um the pigeon post and um, you can always find me there because I send out goodies and I update anytime there's open spots for extra help. Absolutely amazing. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for
0: listening in to another show and we will be back next week. Have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye everybody.